today we are doing another spin session powered by age stories poems interviews and niceties hello my name is herb i write as hw bryce i have one book out in the public domain it's called chasing a butterfly it's about alzheimer's and uh learning to be a caregiver to my wife whom I lost in, in 2016 to Alzheimer's. So that has colored my, uh, my world and, and has turned me into a poet full time. So I live in Maple Ridge in the greater Vancouver area, BC, Canada on the Pacific coast. And I attend many poetry uh, groups and I blog on Facebook at facebook.com slash h dot w dot bryce that's bryce b-r-y-c-e and uh, recently i was invited to feature at a symposium in australia on the subject of empathy and so i struggled to compose a presentation for that and that was followed up by a request for a short poem that they could put on the uh, website and in the advertising of the empathy subject. So uh, in my attempts to do that, <laughs> I wrote several things and uh, I wound up with a longish poem called Not Good Enough, working my way through until I wind up with a poem. So it's uh, the story of the birth of a poem in this particular case. And part of the inspiration for that was seeing on television a young lady on a program at the airport where a fellow interviews uh, people coming and going and asks them who they're waiting for. And they come out with the most incredible stories that you just wouldn't believe in. And, and the tears that come out of the emotion, survival stories and loss stories and just pure love stories. It is just... They're so beautiful that sometimes you weep for the beauty of it. And one of those stories was a young lady with a, a brain tumor having been removed and she had a complete ugly scar on her head and she was bald still from treatments. And uh, when, the, when the young man asked her her story, she like came out with this absolutely incredible story and how, well, her, her summation was, I'd rather be alive than pretty. And, and that helped me get my, my poem for the symposium, which is entitled Empathy. Not good enough. In response to a request from a symposium president, I began to attack the subject, writing about empathy. I started off in the dictionary where they list the synonyms the her, the there, the him, the, the psalms and the hymns. And I put them in my poem, understanding sympathy, compassion, responsiveness, the lesser ones like pity. I put in the cliches, I, like I feel your pain. It won't be in vain. That resonates with me. I added synonyms, feelings, experiences, imaginings. But this was not good enough. This was me starting for a beginning. This was simply too rough. 
So as this wasn't working, I took a walk. I got a thought. I returned to my desk. Lead by example. Talk, talk, talk. I started to write and I wrote and I wrote. Surely this would get the leader's vote. She lay in the street. People pass her by. Nobody cares. She's in the way. Somebody should take her away. But one person's sigh brings her to her knees beside the woman. She touches the down woman at the shoulder of her shabby coat, her own heart beating hard. Lest this be a tragic case, the woman stirs, her pleading eyes burn into the good Samaritans. But that didn't work. The symposium leader wanted a short verse to put at the head of the program announcement. This wasn't that. Where was my thinking cap? This is not good enough. I broke off. I took a walk. I tried again. I wrote. Empathy is a strange thing. Some people have it. Some people don't. Some people help. Some people won't. It all depends on their empathy quotient. Some people feel other people's pain. To others, they just feel a sufferer is a pain. Then there's the empath who physically feels the sufferer's pain. There are degrees of empathy, sympathy, compassion, responsiveness, and the weaker, more remote, and sometimes cruel, pity. Oops, repetition. Oops, boring. I had, I had a thought. I tried again. The thought had walked away. I begged it to return, but it wouldn't stay. I broke for lunch, walk away, let it ride. Think about lunch, time will turn the tide. But my subconscious didn't quit, it kept on grinding. Coffee beans, aroma, appetite stirs, but some subconscious ground on, and the coffee beans became coffee, and I still had no verse. Empty will be my purse, though usually my bag of tricks is bursting at the seams. I slumped into my chair, ran my finger through my hair. I tried to relax, pretend that I'm in my lair. Then serendipity wandered out of my memory bank with a scene from yesterday to remind me of a little girl I'd seen fall. And then of a young lady at the airport waiting for her man. I remembered the poem I had written for the girl at the airport. I called it up, and it came in a whirl to help me out. A young lady waiting for her man, a brutal scar across her scalp did not ban her courage from life. She did not ask for pity. She simply said, I'd rather be alive than pretty. And I had my poem. Empathy. I saw a little girl fall bare kneed upon cement, and hot sensations burned in my gut and in my groin. I felt her pain. I saw my wife burst into tears when she forgot my name, and in her anguish asked, What is happening to me? And I cried inside with her. And in those moments, I was one with her and one with the little girl. Transcendent from a watcher to participant, I had become more than me. I'd rather be alive than pretty. 
Think about that. Think, did that not move you? It moved me to a tear. She had everything to fear, but gave only thanks to be alive, and in the doing, praises her young man for his faithfulness, for his empathy. Think about that. I'd rather be alive than pretty. Because that led me to this, transcendent from watcher to participant, I had become more than me. Now, is that good enough? And I wrote for that girl, I'd rather be alive. I'd rather be alive than pretty, she said, as she told of her brain surgery to explain the scar. And, and he loves me. He stood by me, even though we had only just met when I got the diagnosis. This brave young lady waiting for him at the airport spoke from her heart a true love story. Her grief overcome by love, the will to live reinforced the listener almost overcome, fighting tears. Of all the stories he had heard through all the tears, this one moved his heart. He could not say the why, but I'd rather be alive than pretty, did it for him. And I thought of all the people who had such stories of their loved ones scarred by dread disease who would be okay with ugly if only they had health and life. Courage under duress, the definition of character. Leading by example, ordinary person, extraordinary deeds, extraordinary life. But rather be alive. Thank you. And if you want a third poem, uh, this is my current uh, blog entry, and uh, I've been getting some fantastic response from this, and uh, some might think it's a little out of my character because I've been on the um, caregiver's Alzheimer thing for years since my wife got it, and we had about 13 years of Alzheimer's, me trying to be a caregiver, <laughs> and that, believe me, ain't easy. Uh, that isn't for the meek, but we find ourselves, we find a new me and a new kind of love doing that. So this one uh, came because I, like many, got kind of upset about the state of the world and the state of south of the border and so on and so forth. And I call it rage, rage. Rage, rage against the faults of man about his shitty attitude to fellow man, how he colors his words to his colored friend and how he seldom makes amends, yet says amens every day. Rage, 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 but do something good. Rage, rage because he always puts his wants before his needs. Rage because it's never you. Rage, rage because he is a me, me, me. Rage, rage when injustice is seen being done. Fight, fight for freedom's sake, his, mine, and yours. Fight, fight the human flaws, his jealousy and rage. Fight the robber, the thief, the fight the wife stealer, fight the victim's freedom, uh, victims. Fight for the victim's freedom, fight for the goodness sake. 
Rage, rage to purge your weaker selfish stage. Rage against iniquities, rage from healing ways. Rage for children's sake, rage for their safety. Rage against the bombers, shooters, and the like. Rage, rage for equality. Rage against iniquity. Rage against the money mongers, the rapists, the shooters, the bully boys, the gangsters, the cheaters, the conners, the snake oil sellers, grafters, and hackers. Rage against needless poverty. Rage on. Rage for a living wage. Justice for all. Rage until you scores with climate change. Rage, my friend, for respect and dignity and all. And when you've raised yourself right out, and when you've can't conquered all your foes, May God rest your soul in peace and retirement and pass the crown of rage to fight the future woes. Thank you so much. And that's, that's kind of it for today. It's a pleasure to read it to you. It fills me with emotion still. Thank you. Thank you. That was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> This is Charlotte, Sister C. Farrell, host of the Powered by Age podcast program, welcoming you to our listening sessions of stories, poetry, and interviews, all by dynamic seniors in the greater Vancouver area. These sessions are sponsored by the 411 Center Society Vancouver. Today, <laughs> things change so fast. I wrote this poem called Living the So Amazing Life. I'm Charlotte, Sister C. Farrell. Living the so amazing life, living in gratitude, exuding hope in perpetuity, facing old foes with new fortitude and forgiveness, awakened to unlimited possibilities, crafted from rearranged abilities, connecting dots left dangling, weaving the yarn without tangling. Living the so amazing life, open-eyed dreaming in ocean breezes, soaring with Gerald Albright, Kicking it with Kirk Whalem, loving every moment above the dirt. Living the so amazing life, speaking up, sharing out, enlightened words, specialized verbs, raising the bar higher, nudging fleetly, fledging eagles to fly. Living the so amazing life, elegantly emerging from strife, Basking in orchid-lined wedding chambers, casting away fears, de-escalating dangers. Living the so amazing life, making vows etched from mother of pearl, blissfully exchanged without hesitation, finding comfort and joy already set. Glancing out southerly windows, catching the purples and golden sunsets, basking in abundance easily met clothing custom for comfort and style. Living the so amazing life, leases signed, actualizing dreams, no stress regarding the address, islands of technology whining and entwining. Living the so amazing life, broadcasting love outswirling, eternal hope is in the wind, custom change rooms, saunas and swimming pools, emissaries of hospitality, Racing every room, joyfully embellishing dream-centered spaces, living the so amazing life, 
days with one enhanced by one, welcoming company as warranted, ever expanding and exploring premises, driving alert and authentically attuned, delivering promises and commitments anywhere, everywhere, under the moon. I'm Charlotte, Sister C. Farrell, and that was just a poem that I wrote during our period of safe distancing and picturing the amazing life that we are having and will continue to have beyond this pandemic.